I am unashamed. What about you? Tell you something. <laughs> when you have a muscle, a whole muscle in your back, and you sit on a five-gallon bucket. Oh, man. Yeah, we hours. need to get you a better chair in there. I'll make an adjustment tomorrow. We just back from the hunt. Ooh. I didn't make him feel any better because I wanted to scout a hole for potentially tomorrow. On the way I'm back. I'll say this un, 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 uh, un, with no doubt about it. I'm just looking forward to a resurrected body. <laughs> no backache. Yeah. This thing's got you looking to the resurrection. Damn. So to finish my story, we stopped, <laughs> and uh, I said, how long do we got till the podcast? And he said, 10 minutes. So I just, we got we got a new uh, waiter sponsor, and they're, they're a lot more sleek than typical waiters. I noticed the look of them. They look pretty good. And so I just took off running in the waiters, and I thought, this is either... I'm going to put them to the test. It's either not going to end well, because I've never been able to run in a pair of chest waders. But I just gathered more speed. I gathered more speed, and I thought, I think and why were you run. why were you running? Well, because once I got to the most people don't hole, run in waders. Once I got to the duck hole, I thought it may take longer to yep. scout it, and I didn't want to be way late for the podcast. Oh, okay, I got you. So you were so running on that So I just ran round. the leg that... You know, just to, because you have to, if there had been a bunch of ducks there, you you would never want to pull down there and then they all get up because yeah. they just left. Right. And they probably not coming back. So I ran the first leg and then I started slipping. But once I got down there, it wasn't enough water. Well, it reminds me of the time that uh, I was squirrel hunting out of season. This is, is this BJ? Before I repented. Is, yeah, before Jesus. Okay. Before I repented, I've got a big bunch of squirrels. It's not quite squirrel season. And I kept. <laughs> and if you're going to hunt out of season, I limits don't really the count. I feeling that I was being followed. So I looked around, and a game warden stepped out. He behind a tree, stepped out in front of the tree, and he said to me, I had my squirrels stuck on a big old pin like that that, that you could just, just run it through their uh, I hand, could just right. unhitch it and it yeah. all fall where you could run, speaking of running. So <laughs> he he was about 50 yards from me, and he identified himself as a game warden, and I said, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I mean, when I say did I run, but unlike you, I didn't have waders. I had – Nylon socks, real tight fit that I could ease along in the woods. So I broke and ran, and there was a race that ensued. But the game warden saw pretty quick. I'm not going to catch you're, that one. You were a college athlete. At I was a college athlete. You will not catch me today. That's the last well, the feeling thing I that you were being watched may have been a guilty conscience. Also, Phil. So. <laughs> That's I mean, one of the reasons I repented. I needed to came repent. Came to the Lord. So did you? But you had to drop the squirrels because they would weigh you down. I had to leave yeah. the squirrels where they were. I well, I've heard you and run. tell yeah. that story before. Well, today's hunt was actually pretty good. We came one whisker, which is we hunted all year last year, and I never saw a bunch of fifty ducks with any intention of heading toward our direction yeah, at any part of the year. whole season. Right. 
Slow but, ear. But today we had seven or eight, and we looked up. I heard them chuckling, and I was like, get out, get out, get out, because I, I heard them just, and I, I was thinking four or five, and I looked up, and it was 50, and they just came in the hole, made about five passes probably. and Could have it, shot them. Yeah, at various times. the first time, time your hearts was pumping hard? I, I was about to pass out. And my two sons, because we're, we're, it's in the holidays now, I'm sure by the time this airs, that will be, you'll be in between Thanksgiving and Christmas sometime. But I looked at them, and they were just, they had the little, the little shakes. The for body. you, for you deer hunters out there, it's that same feeling you get when that big buck deer walks out. It, for duck hunters, it's when a big bunch you got a chance at getting. You could hear it. the wind on their wings. Oh, it's it's, <sighs> it's a hole out in the middle of the woods. Yeah. pretty tight. So if they'd gotten in there, I'm assuming well, they did. All they didn't come in. We got one that after all the smoke cleared, a few of them had lit wide. We we could have shot one or two at various times of the of the circle, but we were going for the whole bunch or just at least four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Something in there good. We try to get them in right. We could have pass shot them, but we don't like to pass shoot big bunches because you tend to educate them all and you're not, you know, you don't want to wing them down. Unless without. you cripple more that way. Yeah. So we seven or eight lit wide and, uh, we just, they finally got up and a couple, come on their way out come flying over and somebody scratched out one of the drake mallard drake so we did get one out of that big bunch and we didn't educate the rest of them so we'll try to get them tomorrow <laughs> so last night we had our as jay said this will air after thanksgiving we had our thanksgiving last night we do ours a little bit early in the week we always have i don't think we've ever done it that early we didn't last year we did ow we we did thanksgiving and i'm not kidding uh, I think Willie called it a family reunion, which is what it seemed like. Yeah, I, I didn't even recognize at least a dozen people there. <laughs> I didn't know who they were, but I didn't want to introduce myself. When well, we what's happened is, so yeah. our first, several of our first cousins came, which was really great. I enjoyed getting to see them. Most of them are in Texas, but they're spread out. But now, just like in our family, all their kids are getting married. So you almost have to meet a whole new because they yeah, got new spouses and. Oh yeah, you know. I was trying to. They were showing me their babies and grandbabies. I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, and we have some like adopted babies and their so, I mean, they, oh. it was it. There was a hundred people there last night. It was a big. Group. But here's what I was gonna say. It was all kin folks, but a meet and greet me, session. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you how our family works. So ten minutes before the event at Willie's, I was sitting on the couch. And Missy came out, you know, all dolled up. And I, I said, where are y'all going? <laughs> all dolled up. You mean dolled up. Dolled, dolled, dolled. Dolled up. Dolled, oh. Just dolled up. up. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she said, I'm going the same place you are. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I was fixing to take a nap. <laughs> and so I had never... You seem to be a little behind on the family no, I, calendar. I never got the word that we're having Thanksgiving two days before Thanksgiving at night yep. at Willie's house. Right. You, met, you never heard it. Never heard it. So, Even Dad knew because he cooked his uh, his famous. So, I mean, how, what is the protocol for communication? Well, there's a people would do a group text. A te there is a group text. You must not be on it. No, I wasn't on it. Yeah, which is fine. But I'm kind of like old Barney Fife in that Andy 
Griffith uh, <laughs> episode when they were having a choir and he wanted to sing solo, but nobody wanted him to sing solo. <laughs> so they decided to practice without him. And so he heard them singing. So he opened the door and he's like, hey, when you move practice, you ought to let a guy know. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the one who's going to be singing solo. It's funny, Jace, because I had a quote, too, from last night. I was thinking, I just watched Wyatt Earp recently. You know, Tombstone was so good. They came out, Kevin Costner came out with a, a movie about Wyatt Earp that, around the same time, but it, nobody hardly watched it because the other one was so good. But it really is a good movie. And his well, dad. It's a little cheesy, but it's like. Funny, you know, it made it funny. I don't think they were trying to be funny. You're talking about on Tombstone? Yeah. Yeah. But it made some funny lines. Yeah, well, the writing was really crisp. Yeah. But but in, in Wyatt Earp, it's much more about his young life, too. And so Gene Hackman plays his dad. And so it starts when he's a teenager. That's when you first meet Wyatt Earp, you know, and the Civil War is going on. And so his dad, who is Gene Hackman, is such a good actor, he told him, his family, he said, I want you all you to remember something. When it comes to family... Blood is the only thing that matters. All the rest are just strangers. <laughs> and I thought, but I mean, that is a fantastic line when you think about blood. And I thought about that last night. We were all together with the idea of what it takes to be together. But look, our menu, of course, we had turkey and ham and some traditional stuff, duck and dressing. But like last night, we were going into new places. Willie had, he had pheasant dumplings. I don't well, know if you tried them. I saw them. They were Buffalo. really. We had buffalo. We had the black buck deer sausage. I mean, we're getting into some exotics now to go into to our I'll Thanksgiving. I'll tell you this. This is this. And then is, Missy's crack dip is just yeah. It, she she did good. And those good. potatoes she cooked are always a hit. But uh, so I took uh, uh the because Phil had said you know the duck and dressing is ready when you can take a leg off. Yep. It just, yep. So he had planted that in my mind. I think he said that on podcast. He said on podcast yesterday. So they were just, he had those ducks sitting up in that dressing. And so there was a little teal there. And I grabbed that, the leg. And it, 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 it just, the fact that it was sitting there was amazing <laughs> because it, I just barely exerted a little energy and it just fell off the bone. And I said, yep, I'm right. going to have to eat. So I said, you know what? I probably shot this teal. So I'm going to take a half of the teal because the rest of them were wood dust. I could tell the teal because it was smaller. Small, yeah. So what is, what is the irony of this? So I sit down, first bite, and I'm like, oh, pellet. I think I broke my tooth. <laughs> and so I said, nobody make a move. Everybody was looking, you know, and I started digging through there, and it was – it was a shot from that, and I know you checked those thoroughly yep. to make sure. You missed so, one every once in a while. I was disappointed, but then I'm shooting six shot this year. Yeah, and I looked at it real closely. I learned this from Sai, and I said, "Yep, that's, <laughs> that's a six shot." So you can only blame yourself. And then it made me feel better. <laughs> at least it came out of your gut. After the autopsy, we now have confirmation that regardless well, of what Sai said, I shot this teal. So, so back in two. back in the day when you'd be eating a squirrel or a duck and you when you shot lead, you would if you bit into it, I mean it still hurt, but lead was malleable. So it didn't hurt near as bad. When you when you crank you down on it then it is well, well then, then you get in your appendix and yeah, you then you got lead poison. Right. So yeah. But th when you crack down on that steel ball, it's not pleasant for the tooth. No. 
I mean, it's a, just a hazard. So anyway, it was a good time. It was. It was a good family. We we've we've moved on. Well, we don't have many left. You know, it's most of my aunts and uncles are gone. Uh, si was there. My aunt Nancy was there. And yep. and Gordon and you and Mom and basically that's all we got left. And everybody that's else it. is pretty much and gone. Plus, our family's really busy, so it's nice for everybody to get together and catch up. Yeah, and all the new babies and stuff like that. I mean, it's weird when members of your family was like, I just saw you on TV. I mean, that's not really, I mean, that's the last time they saw me. So right. It's been, been too long. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, I've been just, I only seeing people at funerals and stuff, so I'm kind of glad to do it at a more joyous occasion. Well, we're in Mark 12. We had Zach with us, but. Yeah, he may uh, pop in at some point. Zach hasn't figured out that for your computer to run, it must be charged. <laughs> That's right. And so, Phil, I have to say this because Phil doesn't really understand how this all works. But And I had I had a similar issue where my computer was going dead, and I thought I'd just plug that in. And it made me have a spiritual application because last night I plugged it in again, and I looked up at the little, the little uh, battery thing lightning bolt didn't pop up yep so it's not charging and so i looked at the wall well it had just it wasn't it was in the wall but not to the point where it was yeah, connecting wasn't firm and i thought yep this is what happens in life you have the appearance that you're plugged into the power <laughs> but you're not plugged you're into just the not power. quite there you <laughs> got to plug into the lord's power so in in defense i know exactly what's happening with zach right now he's he's 1,500 miles away from us, but I can tell you what's happening. Because I, I, my grandkid, I have a bunch of teenagers in my house. He he does too. They're his kids, my grandkids. And every time you need a charger, you can't find one. They've hauled them off. Somewhere there's a pile of chargers as big as my house because I've bought hundreds of them. Right now he's scrambling around his house trying to find a charger for his computer. That's exactly what's yeah. going on. And so so we, we may never see him. So. so to give you a review. Hang on, let's, do a, let's take a break before we do that. So one of the things I miss when I go on the road uh, is my bedding situation, especially my mattress. Because, you know, it's just you're just really rolling the dice. You know, when you're out of town, you're in a hotel, you're in a condo. But when you come home, there's that that wonderful mattress, especially if you use a Helix sleep mattress, uh, which all of us, Jace, you use it, Dad, you as well. Uh, we love it. It's It's the best mattress that we've ever had. Mattresses are unique to you, and the Helix Sleep knows that, so they give you the opportunity uh, to pick out exactly the right mattress for you. When you go online, you're going to uh, do a little quick quiz to tell them how you like it, uh, and it's it's you're going to love it. Trust me. And they have a lot of other features, too. They support military and first responders and teachers and students. They give special discounts, which we love. Um you know, they're made in the USA, uh, which makes them even greater, which we love that. Uh, so we want you to check them out. They've got over 12,000 five-star reviews, and that's for a reason. So here's what you do. Go to helixsleep.com. You're going to take that little quiz. Right now, they're offering up to $200 off in all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed. That's helixsleep.com slash unashamed. $200 off, all mattresses, two free pillows, and a great night's sleep. Jesus makes his triumphal entry, in quotation marks, that someone came up with when he came 
riding in a riding on a donkey. Here, the king is here. Which you know, it's and, funny, Jay. It was you. You talked about that when we did that podcast. But you're right. It's really only triumphal in hindsight. Exactly. That, <laughs> in the moment, it didn't. No, it wasn't nobody that looked around except the few people who had seen him uh, bring back a dead man, right. one of their friends, Lazarus, and the people who really knew him as closest followers, and the, the little group of women who yep. would later on see his death, burial, and resurrection. They're like, "Yep, the king is here." But to everybody else. Here's a guy claiming, making all these universal claims and doing things that only a God could do. They're, they're, they're like, oh, you're coming in on a donkey with some, you don't have a coin to your name. You have no house. You have no, no power materially. You, you don't have a political presence anywhere. They just didn't believe it. No. So... Then he goes down there and clears the temple, which, guess what? All that did was make the religious people mad because the passion of Jesus' closest followers, I'm sure, was concerning to them. And so when you get to the end of chapter 11, well, their question is authority. And you remember that story about that parable that he said, John's baptism, you know, was it from heaven or... And so they're like, well, we, we, we don't know. And he's like, well... I, so I'm not going to tell you where my authority is coming That's from. Right. I mean, it, so and and then it just escalates. He then tells a parable that seemingly is is directed at well, not seemingly well, it was, it was, but I mean, saying I've you sent almost you didn't prophets. have to do it in a parable style because yeah. this one wasn't, it wasn't hard to figure out. Right, and then then an argument developed with the Pharisees and the Herodians about politics. And that's when they had the, the man with all the quarters, Caesar, and the man that didn't have a quarter to his name. And he's talking about, yep, you can give these these little quarters to Caesar, but you give to God what is God's. And he used a different verb that we talked about, which is your life, your allegiance. Yep. Goes to God. They were amazed. Then the Sadducees come up, and they have this big argument about the afterlife. They didn't believe there was a resurrection. They tried to take something from Moses, the Mosaic law that would trap Jesus into showing the absurdity of believing that you can live again. That didn't work because he then goes to God in the present form with how he views people. If, you're, if God is your God and you're in good standing, you're good. Right. You, you are. You, he doesn't say, oh, I lost my son. He just says, I am the God. Of, so if you're on that line with God, you, you are an eternal being. And we talked about, which is difficult to talk about because it's hard for us to relate to heavenly things from an earthly perspective. Because right. we were like, well, will I know my wife? And yes, you'll know your wife. But you will no longer be interested in the physical uh, lovemaking that you know we right. call sex to to populate the earth. Well, whatever we're going to be doing will be better. And even the downsides, like Dad quotes the verse that Paul said from 1 Corinthians 7, when when people marry, they, there's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of difficulty. I mean, two people becoming one. is They will face many troubles. Many troubles. And so all that's removed in eternity. You exactly. Know, none of that stuff. So. so that leads, so an observer, one of the teachers of the law, heard this discourse with the Sadducees. And he's, he says in verse... 28. 28. He heard them debating and noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. 
which is in God's perspective, all men are alive and that we're not going to be having weddings, you know, in, in heaven and trying to populate it. Of all the commandments, which is the most important one? Now, look, I'm going to be honest. I think it's a pretty good question. I think that's a, a, most of these questions seem to be just like ridiculous. Or they're trying to trap him. This one seemed more honest. Yeah, because, you know, I, I think we do that in our life before we keep reading. We tend to categorize commandments and sins. And, and look, some sins have more consequences than other sins. So these people that say, well, all is sin, you know, everyone who sins breaks the law, which is true. That's James 316, I think. Or where's that verse? Yeah, that's uh, in James. It, it's James. in James somewhere. And then he said, where you have envy and selfish ambition, right. there you find disorder in every evil practice. So I think it's James 2.10. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at yeah, one point. 2.10. 2.10. Stumbles at every point. So we say it's all the same. It's all the same. But there are different consequences. And, you know, we've, we've heard various illustrations of that. I mean, th- the point is, would you rather someone, you know, kidnap your wife or – you know, right. steal your radio. Well, they're both wrong, but stealing the radio would be right. more more preferable, you know. Some sins and commandment breaks are more consequential in their calamity. Right, yeah, which right. was not his point here, but I'm just yeah. making the point. He was like, because you got to remember, under the old law, how I many was it? 613? Mm-hmm. And then, and then all the traditional books. stuff that's on top of that, yeah. They just had stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks of all these laws. So he's like, look, let, let's let's simplify this. So that's kind of the question. And Jesus says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now, surprisingly, the teacher of the law says, well said, teacher. You are right in saying that God is one and there's no other but him, which makes you a little uncomfortable because you never want to be like putting Jesus on trial and saying, yeah, you know, I think you're right about that. I mean, he should have... (laughs) If he knew who he really was talking to, he wouldn't have said, oh, you know, you may be right on that. He had no concept that he was God. (laughs) Right. So 33 says, to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbors yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. So this guy had, you know, he he had deducted. It's the best response so far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. there There was a lot of truth in this. So when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said, well, you're not far from the kingdom of God. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or, I mean, it's definitely more positive than his other responses. Yep. But I guess it is a compliment. I took it as, I read it as a compliment. Like, all right, you're not far. I like, you're, you're moving in the right direction. But close thing. doesn't work. But close <laughs> is like their power cord. Does. You're right. If you don't go ahead and get it plugged in all the way. Yeah, you know, you're, I saw where I was going. Yeah, I saw So, and from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions, which now that response seems a little. It almost seems like it wasn't as. Well, and it seems like he said something more, more profound than you think. We think he actually did, which got me to thinking. I have a theory on this. I'm wearing my, 
I could be wrong t-shirt today. (laughs) So for you that are just listening, always remember that. The power is the Lord. We're jars of clay, and our jars have little cracks in them sometimes, so we could be wrong. But I was going to say that I think by this statement, when 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 you look at our culture today, because our culture is really, uh, I'm not sure the technical word for it is, but you have all these different beliefs and religions. And I told you, when I looked up about afterlife, most people believed in afterlife, but mm-hmm. now not everybody agreed on what exactly that entailed. And so I think when he, if you think about what he said, when he said the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Well, even in our culture, that makes people feel uncomfortable. Like if you go up and read uh, Acts four twelve, where where uh, who was that preaching there? Peter said that uh, salvation is found in no one else but Jesus Christ. Right. It's a very profound, universal statement. Well, that makes our culture feel uncomfortable because they're like, well, wait a minute now. We believe there's a variety of ways to mm-hmm. get to God, and there's different gods. And who are you to say? There's, you know, there's just Jesus. And it's, so... It's the, uh, it's the the Oprah principle. All right. They don't say there's one God. You just got to get to the top of the mountain. There are many pathways to get there. It was kind of... It was kind exactly. Of let's, let's take a break. So offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true, uh, just like freedom itself. Nothing really is free. Uh, mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also bill the price of your phone into your bill with hidden fees. And this has happened to all of us. Seems like it takes forever, right, to pay something off. With Patriot Mobile, uh, one of our great sponsors has been with us most of the podcast. They can show you how to get that same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major characters. So you get great service, but you also support a company that supports what we love, and that's our God-given rights and freedoms. So they also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free. So check it out, patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation today with the offer code Phil. So if you're fed up with woke companies and you want someone who cares about the values of our country, go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil or call them at 972-PATRIOT. But I think the irony of what he said was, is look, then he's like, and this one God you love with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your might. But then he says, but you love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the same guy who's ridiculing you for saying there's one Lord and God, he's he said, but, but you love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, there's some irony in that, in that even though we don't agree, we do not water down who Jesus is. We should be clear on that. Because you got to remember, people who say, well, you can't go out here and say Jesus Christ is the only way. Well, them saying that shows you that they're doing the same thing that they're accusing you of doing. That's right. Your view, their view is saying, our view on God is that doesn't matter what you believe, we're all going to make it. Right. Well, that's your, you're, you're, you're evangelizing me saying I'm wrong. Yep. 
Yeah. So you, you have to believe in something. And what separates Jesus from everyone else is an innocent sacrifice for the sins of the world, a universal made available to everybody. Right. And he came back from the dead. Right. Well, to me, that's what sets him apart. Right. All these other religious leaders, they may have, you know, commandments and things and guides and movements, and but it always ends at death or there's no way to remove sins other than you do it yourself, which we've already proven by what we've read. Well, I'm not sure because, I mean, I've only done cursory studies of, of other religions that don't include Christ. And I don't think, and I could be wrong, as you said, Jay, I don't think there's, in any other religion, there's any provision for sinfulness. In other words, there's a lot of things about living better and achieving statuses of certain goals and heights. And I mean, it is behavioral stuff that's in the religion, but I, I don't think there's any providential situation for mm-hmm. sinful behavior, which, to your point, makes Christianity... And they have to be uh, paid for. Yeah. I mean, what, what, you still got to deal with it. Now, from their perspective, maybe they don't think you do, but I'm saying like, even, you know, there's no provision. There's, there's You need to live better. You need to do this. Well, truth so I, I well, think when that, you back up to even the wig, uh, withered fig tree... I'm going to make a point here because we brought this up before in 1124 when he said, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have re- received it and it will be yours. Well, and I want to read uh, John 1 where it says, for all who received him, th- this is something we receive. This is what separates Jesus from others. It's always a law system. Where if you work hard enough, long enough, keep the right ones, you'll you'll get something. You'll get reward. You'll get heaven. You'll get the afterlife in whatever religion. Mm-hmm. And this is a gift. I mean, you read Ephesians two. You know, it's a gift from God. It's not, you know, the famous Ephesians two. You're saved by grace, and it's a gift of God, not from yourselves, so that anyone can boast. So, re- receiving is a theme here. Is so when you think of a law system, why do we try to keep the law? Why do people, even the most strictest, most radical religious groups out there, why why are they trying to keep the law? Why are they follow even if the laws are wrong, you know, terroristic type mm-hmm. commands? Why are they doing it? So they'll get something. It's a if you keep this, here's what you get. Right. Well, th- this is. Jesus is turning that on its head here because he's trying to get you to give because he gave. So we get God's grace and forgiveness, not not like material possessions or wealth or even eternity as far as like, oh, because I kept something because of his death, his perfect life, his sacrifice, his resurrection. Totally, it's a free gift. Well, then we're able to transfer to give others. So we're not trying to get something out of people. We're not recruiting people to, you know, start a war where we can take over the world. We're right. we're trying to do things gracefully. I think that's what we're going to get to when we get down into the weeds of this love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor. What's all this love stuff when we're talking about law? He asks what commandment, and you start talking about love. 
Do y'all agree? Yeah. And and I think that's the the motivating factor, Jace, that when you think about it, if you can get those two on solid, if you're that committed in to, to God and you have that sort of low and I like the way it gives you the qualifiers of how deep that love goes for God. I mean, it's everything you possibly have. And then naturally it should go to other people. And so it does make you a servant and not a tyrant, which is part of the point they were missing through this whole situation. He kept telling telling, look, it's like you got to be a little child again. It's like you got to be a servant. It's like you, you can't lord it over. He keeps going back to those same illustrations because this is where it takes you. Yeah. Well, I want to read the Matthew version because he, he uh, this is Matthew 22, 40. He has an interesting, Matthew has an interesting little attachment to the end, which says, uh, <clears throat> so when he says in this, hearing that, so back up to 34, same story, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees about the marriage in heaven, and Matthew records it in the same order. Here comes the expert of the law, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus Christ, love the Lord your God, same same yeah. speech with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. But then he adds this little phrase. All the law and the prophets hinge or hang on these two commandments. Mm-hmm. I think that provides some clarity here. Yep. Because you're like, well, wait a minute. How is how does loving God and loving other people, how does that sum up the entire hundreds and hundreds of laws that were there? So then you start thinking, well, wait a minute. So the reason I shouldn't commit adultery is not just because it says so, but if you loved your wife, you know, if you loved, that would be what you should be doing. It, it, it's no longer just about adultery when you look at it from a love perspective. I think that's what he was introduced. That's a good point. It's, it's, the, it's the line, one of my favorite in the Bible in Genesis 39, where Mrs. Potiphar is trying to get Joseph to sleep with her. And he says, how could I do such a thing and sin against God? You know, he, and he had already mentioned that he did, that Potiphar had put everything in his house in his control except for her. So, he, so what were the two things he said he didn't want to violate? God, his relationship with God, his relationship with her husband. And you're right; that's loving God. That's a practical way of saying the reason I'm not going to do this is, is because how could I do this and sin against? It God? would save the world a lot of misery. Oh, so we, we wouldn't even need law. Let's take a break. It makes a better friendship, a better family, a, a better society, a better no earth. doubt, no doubt. But I want to just <laughs> illustrate this because I don't, I don't think this to be true. When you read other passages later on that provides clarity on this, you realize what he was saying. Because think about what Jesus is ultimately fixed to do. He's going to die for the sins of the world. He's going to be buried and he's going to be raised to show that all people can be raised. You can live again. If you miss out on this, don't blame him. There's a way to do it. There's a way to plug into this power. And he showed us. So when you think of that light in this conversation about law and him introducing love in it. So he, in verse uh, 20 of Ephesians 4, Paul says, 
you didn't come to know Christ that way. Surely that you were heard of him when you were taught to put off. Uh, it says uh, you were you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put your old self off, which is being corrupted by its deceitful, deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Which you think about when when you get to reenact Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in Romans 6 describes that. That's only possible because of what Jesus did on a cross and at the resurrection, right? Yeah. So there's there's something working here. They're saying no to these obvious commands, but there's also a saying, yes, and it's done. The vehicle is love, because what, watch what he says in 25. So you should put off falsehood, which is a clear commandment under the old law. And look, we all know it's wrong to lie, right? But then he adds something to it. For we're all members of one body. Uh, no, I mean, therefore, each of you should put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Well, wait a minute now. There's a difference in just not telling a lie, and speaking truthfully. Mm -hmm. So he's going, he's like turning their view of the commandments. He's flipping it on its head. He's looking at a bigger goal. He's like, Mm -hmm. it's not about just not doing wrong. And by the way, you're never going to be able to pull that off. Right. I want you to love God so much that you want to speak the truth about who? About God. And to love your neighbor so much because you don't want to want them to miss heaven or miss out on the new life or the purpose. So you speak truthfully. Well, now we're getting into love because mm-hmm. only love, when you read the definition in 1 Corinthians 13, would produce something like that. So you read the list. It's kind. It's not self-seeking. It does not envy. It does not boast. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects. It always perseveres. Well, well, that's what love is. But look, he gives another example. Uh, look at 29 of Ephesians 4. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Well, so we all know that's wrong. And, and we hear it today. If you hear a guy cussing, you're thinking, huh, well, that's easy to clean up, you'd think. But that wasn't just the goal. He said, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. It's not about just law keep. He's not up there with a gavel saying, don't you say it. He's wanting you to be transformed by his love and and his grace. And look, there's other examples here, but when you get to chapter five, verse one, then it really says what I think Jesus is introducing. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, which he just mentioned to us as children of the resurrection in Mark 12, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I just think it's interesting that he was trying to get him to see that instead of get into some theological debate on which law would be the most important. It, he, he missed it. Yeah. It was a good question because it, it identifies with all humans, but we have a problem, and our human problem is we want to do the least amount possible That's right. to, to get the rewards. It's like Zach <laughs> described youth work. It's tell me, what I, tell me I can get right up to my line. 
<clears throat> before I have, I'm crossing over. But you think about it, Jason, your point is well taken because every circumstance we've seen is interaction in these last few chapters with the Pharisees, the one with the Sadducees, they always come in with a legal question about whatever. And he always takes a big, much bigger view. When they came in about the marriage and divorce, he told them how beautiful marriage was and why God came up with it to begin with. When they came in about the who's married and the resurrection, he gave them the bigger picture of, Hey, you don't even need to worry about stuff like that. My God's so big. We're not going to be thinking about who we were, you know, were or weren't married to when we were That's down it. on earth. So he kind of always keeps expanding it. And you're right. I didn't, I didn't see it as much in this one, but you're right. He does the same thing with this. He expands a legal question. Oh, he turns the, it on and say it. Cause when you think about it, look, law, you trying to keep the law makes you realize that the need for love in this. Or, or grace, God's grace. That the law leads us to to Jesus because we we can't keep it. We right. we need forgiveness. There, that's why he said, when he said, uh, "I can see that this is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices," because you could be doing these sacrifices for your sins, like they were doing, and your heart be a million miles away that's right. from loving God or loving other people. You're just carrying out a ritual. Because you have to, to get something. And law is so unyielding that even your knowledge of it doesn't matter. And I gave an illustration recently in a sermon about if you get pulled over by a police officer and he says, do you know why I pulled you over? And and you look down, you didn't think you were speeding so or whatever. And so you're like, no, sir, I, I don't. And then he tells you something that you were doing that's against the law, some traffic law. And you're like, well, I, I, I didn't know. And he's, but whether he writes you a ticket and you have to pay a fine or not, doesn't matter whether you knew. Well, you were I just got, breaking it. Well, <laughs> I got news saying? for you. He didn't love you either. No. It's like, look, when they sacrificed these animals, those animals didn't love those people. Right. You just took their life because it was written that there's got to be some kind of payment to, to have a just God, which is a very hard thing for us in this culture now to even consider because it seems barbaric killing animals and but when you think about it it should seem barbaric because if we're going to have a just society there has to be right and wrong and there has to be consequences right. to wrong actions right try a society with when everybody said oh there's no right and wrong you just do whatever you want give that about 10 years and guess what the people with the most weapons will be the only ones left. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that's right. It's just going to turn into a free free for all. But that's what Jesus was eventually going to flip on his head because he became a sacrifice and he did love it. He did it in love. Yeah. Well, that love became transferable once you have a heart to receive it. And so instead of going out there trying to... Uh, you know, judge people or manipulate people or you're you put your faith and trust in him. And he gives you the his spirit, which is the fruit of the spirit. First one is love. And then no matter what, even your own enemies, those who oppose you, he says you love them. Let's take our last break. 
So, Tis the holiday season. Uh, we know you're always looking for some kind of unique gift to, to give to somebody. Unashamed Nation, you guys have been such great supporters of the podcast. And I do want to remind you uh, that you can get Unashamed gear and uh, and Phil merch if you go to philmerch.com and use the promo code Phil20. And there you'll find uncanceled stuff. You'll find Love Always Protects, which is one of our favorite T-shirts. has a good a picture of a, of a gun on there as well as the Bible verse because we protect our folks. Uh, also, Unashamed Nation stuff is there as well. So check it out. If you're looking for a great gift to give uh, someone you love, uh, get some Unashamed gear at philmerch.com. Use the promo code PHIL20. And Jason, don't you think, was it John 13, 35, where he was preparing the disciples for what he was about to do? And he said, the greatest act of love is to lay down your life for your brother. Right. And which in his case, he was about to literally do for them and for all of yeah. us. But even think about it, that could be every day. I mean, that's all, that's a li- that's a lifestyle, too about yeah. it. Like when you get married, you know, you're not saying, I just said, I loved you at the beginning. You're living that out every single day right. of your life. With everything well, you're doing, like the Romans, uh, the apostle Paul of Romans 12, you know, in view of God's mercy. Yeah. You do this, you do this in view of his mercy. Right. That's your motivation. Right. He didn't have to do it. Yep. God's the love of the world. He sent Jesus, whoever believes in him won't perish. Right. And I like that the way that verse ends. He says, the only way you can really understand the will of God is to be willing to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. Which happens when you submit to him, which yep. takes it back to that first greatest You're command. being, he's asking us just, everyone, just to be honest. Yeah. You know, are you, are you a sinful person or not? Well, if you're honest, you'll say, Lord, I am. Right. And now that may come in all kinds of facets and every kind of, as you go through life, but sin is, no doubt about it, a severe problem for the human race. Right, yeah. If you can't recognize that, what you end up doing is just renouncing the whole thing. Right. I mean, you know, you're asking me to turn and repent. They hate repentance. Mm-hmm. A human being is told to repent. Change, change your heart. Yeah. They, they they find that difficult to do, so it's going to be. They're thinking it's going to be on them, right? Which it is. But when we've had people ask on the podcast before about, we use the word legalist, and they're like, "I don't understand that." And I get that because that's a very you know that's a very biblical concept thought term. But a legalist is somebody simply that thinks that by keeping law, you can save yourself. That is correct. And and the, what it produces it, is fear. Because you're never going to be as good as someone else. There's only one person, you know, out there who has kept the law the best. Right. Well, only God is good. Well, ultimately, Jesus didn't break any. But I'm saying, if you stacked everybody up and took the 613 laws, there's only going to be a handful that have kept most. There'll, there'll be some better than others. Right. Yeah. So, so. Now they still aren't perfect, but to be flawlessly but, perfect, but you're going to be in, legally speaking. Yeah, you're going to be fearful because somebody's better than you. What does that mean? That means they're going to get something better, or you're going to get something worse. And then there's a pride there because we don't like to admit that we're flawed, and ultimately you compare yourself with other people, and that's like a mouse on a, on a treadmill. Here, yeah. you're never 
going to be good enough. It's never going to be enough. And you're never going to be able to get past whatever mistakes you made. I mean, look, there's people who live their whole lives because they made a mistake. People end up. Couldn't get over it. They, they, they end up literally killing themselves. Yeah, because there's no place for forgiveness or provision. But what I was going to say is, you know, the law, trying to keep the law leads you ultimately to the love of Jesus. That's why it's so appealing. But but it also, the love of Jesus leads you to wanting to keep the law. Because yeah. then you realize to... the price that it took. So it actually kind of turns back around and you're like, well, wait a minute. That's why he was saying, I'm not just saying don't have unwholesome talk come out of your mouth because that's the way we look at it. That we, we tend to... In terms of chucking the whole thing, but you say, children... Worship God and Him only. Honor your father and mother. Don't murder. <coughs> don't steal. Don't lie. Don't commit adultery. You know, you're like, what's wrong with those things? No. What, if, what if people did do it? Right. So it's not like it's beyond doing. You can, you 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 can become a far better person. Well, you move the you, fact you can. that you know yeah. you're a sinner. Yeah. I can't make it by this system because. One 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 violation, and I'm done. Right. Well, and to Jason's point, when you look at the Big Ten, the first couple there are the idea of making God number one in your life, and yeah. then the rest of them are loving your neighbors yourself. Yeah. I mean, so that, that, again, comes back to the whole point that it all boils down to these two concepts, which is what Jesus said. Love for your fellow man would solve a lot of problems, Al. Well, it would take care of most of those commandments for sure. But you're yeah. not going to get it. Just because somebody, you know, you decide to. And that's why I think it has to be done through a realization of who Jesus is and why he came. And right. even in this conversation here, that, I mean, the verse that says in Titus, the grace of God teaches us to say no. That's where we want to get to. What is the grace of God? Yep. Right. It, it is his sacrifice out of love despite our, our being flawed and deserving what he went through. The Apostle Paul wrote in, the, in Romans 3, uh, the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So they just try to just just plead, plead deaf, plead deafness. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his side by observing the law. Rather, through the law, and we really do, we become conscious of sin. That's I correct. Mean, that, that's, we, we know we violated it. Right. It's a, it's a, well, there's, just, there's always a temptation for us to try to take credit for this and to fix it. When he said, which one is the commandment is the greatest, that was coming from a place of... I just want to do the least amount of possible and just if you tell me exactly on on and simplify this, I'll do it. But when you read something like first John four, based on what Jesus' response was, I mean just listen to what he says. Cause you, you say, Oh, I just need to love. But it's deeper, it's a deeper understanding of that. Because first John four seven says, Dear friends, let us what love one another. But he doesn't stop there. For love comes from God. You're not going to get it from you. I just read it. And love, love one another. Love does no harm 
to its yeah. neighbor. But right. you get it from God, for love yep. comes from God. That's right. what it says. Yep. Then it says everyone who loves has been born of God. Well, you might ought to be born of God. Might ought to check in and look into that. And knows God. Not about, not something. Knows God. You're in you're in a relationship of, of standing. Whoever does not love doesn't know God. Well, that answers that question in society. You're like, well, that person, you know, these people coming up behind other people and hitting them in the head, and you're like, why would somebody do that? I'm pretty sure that they don't know God. That's correct. This is how God showed his love among us. Well, now we're back to Jesus. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through through him. And look, this is embarrassing that John had to clarify this, but he says, this is love. I mean, if you just want to come out and say it, and he says, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. There you go. I mean, he's like, do not make this about you. Well, what is the law about? Law's about you. Yep. Here's what you do. Give me the list. Well, you're not going to be able to do it. So then, the same people. Every commandment there ever was. Yeah. On on the one hand, but unfortunately for you, if you break one of them, you break all of them. All right. But that's what I was going to say. Is it so? What people don't want to try to get out of here based on your own merit. They say it's not about law keeping; it's about love. Well, then the same person who's trying to be justified by law, then they're trying to be justified by love. They're like, "Well, I love everybody. I mean, look at what I did. I did this. I did." No, that you're getting this from a source. This is received from God, and then you transfer what you learn from Jesus. The Jesus, if you're perfect, now we can have a different conversation. But if you've ever sinned, you'll realize a need for forgiveness that'll lead you to Jesus' sacrifice, and and then you won't be looking at it from that. Point. It will work. So uh, we're out of time. Uh, for Unashamed, but we'll continue this discussion in our overtime. If you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed. And remember, when you subscribe to Blaze TV, you get all their content, which also includes 800 episodes of In the Woods with Phil, which a lot of people are going back and enjoying uh, as well. So check it out and, uh, and follow us over to Overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.